Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Food Biz Whiz, the podcast. Today, we're talking about what it takes to get on the retail shelf and why it takes so long to get that first order from a wholesale buyer, even if they say they love your product and they want to carry it on their shelves or in their online store. By now, you've probably listened to one, two, or maybe even all three of my previous episodes, and I hope that you found value in them. I'd love to see you join our Food Biz Whiz Facebook group and continue the conversation over there. I'll link it in today's show notes, or you can pop on over to foodbizwiz.com and jump on in there yourself. I can't wait to see you over there to answer your questions in that group and to give you access to some of my juicy bonuses that are coming on out. All right, on to the show. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. Hey, before we jump in, I want to make sure that you've grabbed my free retail roadmap, a workbook that outlines my nine steps to building a brand that flies off the shelf. If you're a producer of a packaged product in the food industry, you are going to want this. I'll add it to today's show notes, so make sure you check out that PDF when you're done listening. Thanks. Okay, my whizzes, let's get to the main topic of today's episode, why it takes so freaking long to get that first order from a wholesale buyer. This question comes up over and over again in Retail Ready, my online course for producers of packaged product who are looking to grow their wholesale success. And I figured since they're asking about it, you're probably wondering about it as well. So let me ask you this. How many times have you walked into a store or met a buyer at a trade show or had a fantastic first phone call with a wholesale buyer and they seem really enthusiastic about your product? They confirm that it would be a good fit for their shelves. They say they're going to place a first order and then you never hear back from them. Maybe at this point you follow up with them a few times and send a few polite emails. Perhaps you pick up the phone and call, which is the right move, by the way, or maybe you make the mistake of swinging by to check in. My Retail Ready students would never do this, right, you guys? But after a while, you probably just let it drop, not wanting to be annoying. You might think that the buyer changed their mind or that you're bothering them by continuing to reach out and that they're going to get in touch with you when they're ready to place that first order. But let me tell you this. You have unrealistic expectations if you think a buyer is going to meet with you for the first time to try your product and then place an opening order right then and there. Sure, there are one-off times that this does happen, or you might do a tri- be at a trade show and get that opening PO, or you just happen to catch the right buyer at the right time and it magically works. 
But those scenarios are few and far between, and even less frequent as you start selling into bigger and bigger stores and chain stores. Why is this? Why is it that a buyer can express interest in your product, say they're going to place an order, and still take forever to follow up with you? I will tell you exactly why. It is very time-consuming for a buyer to bring in new products. And I know you're probably thinking, but that's their job, right? (laughs) And you are technically correct here. It is the buyer's job to bring, bring in new products, yes, but let me shed some light on all the steps that a buyer needs to take in order to make that happen. First, as we all know, it takes a long time to get a hold of the buyer in the first place. There's a lot of back and forth and back and forth, which we drastically work to reduce in Retail Ready. Once you finally make contact, drop samples, and get that buyer meeting, well, you know, it can be months just leading up to this point, right? So from there, the buyer says, yes, they're interested. But what happens next? Well, there are a few different scenarios, but here is the most common. The buyer wants to bring in your product, but they have to figure out where it's going to physically go on their shelves. Most often, they have to discontinue something in order to make physical space on that shelf for you. It's really important to recognize that a buyer brings a new product to help them support their sales or financial goals in your category. So by bringing in your product, they are taking a bet that you are going to help achieve that. So that being said, they're going to discontinue a slow selling product in your category, hoping that by bringing you in instead, your product will sell better or make more margin than that brand that you are replacing. You guys, this is really cutthroat. It means that getting on the shelf, while important, is just the first step. You have got to have high sales in order to stay on that shelf and not be the product that is discontinued once that new shiny brand in your category comes along. Okay, back to that buyer. That buyer does a category analysis, looks at all the competing brands in your category, and decides which one to discontinue. Great, you're now one step closer. From there, that product has to sell out in order to free up that physical space. But remember what I just said, they are discontinuing the slowest item in the category. So depending on what inventory they're sitting on, this could take a long time. So let's say, for example, that you make a line of caramel sauces and you're convinced, you have convinced that buyer to bring you in because, say, you are a local producer who buys your dairy from sustainable farms in Southern California. You've got great packaging, you've got great pricing, and they don't carry a comparable local caramel sauce company in their store yet. That buyer would look at the sweet condiment category or the confections category, depending on how they categorize you, and they determine that you might outsell, say, the ghost pepper-infused caramel sauce and the Meyer lemon caramel sauce that he currently carries 
because each of those are slow moving at one jar each per week. He promises to bring in two skews of yours, and he discontinues the infused sauces that he currently carries. But here is where things slow down. Let's say that he has one and a half cases, so we'll say 18 jars of that ghost pepper caramel sauce in stock, and almost two cases of the Meyer lemon. Let's say 22 jars. On average... I said he's selling a jar a week of each skew, and that means he won't sell out for 22 weeks. That is five and a half months. That is five months of you sitting around wondering why he isn't placing that first order. It's because he's sitting on slow moving inventory, waiting for it to sell through. Sure, he could run a sale or do a buy one, get one free promotion or something to move that sauce, but that's not a guarantee. And it adds one more thing for that buyer to manage on his to-do list. And it's such a slow moving category that frankly, it would still probably take a long time to move through. So you can see how in this example, we're already months into the process of getting that first order. From there, once inventory is dwindling down and that buyer is moving towards bringing you in, there's still a whole bunch of steps they need to take in order to make it happen. But let's talk about another common holdup that might happen before you even get to this next step as well. So one of the things that slows down bringing in new products is the buyer's category review schedule. A category review is simply that. When a buying team sits down, looks at sales numbers in a particular category, and makes a plan to increase sales in that category by discontinuing product, adding in new brands, updating their planogram, running promotions, and re-merchandising a physical section of the store. So not all stores do category reviews. Independent markets and smaller chains might not. But any of the bigger stores like Whole Foods, Safeway, Kroger, Costco, and the like all do category reviews. They have their annual calendar mapped out as to when they'll review each category. And you as a producer are responsible for finding out when that schedule is, when to submit your product, when to send your samples, and when to follow up. Some producers see category reviews as a challenging thing. As a producer, you might feel like you're at the whim of the retail store and their annual calendar. However, I see category reviews as a fantastic opportunity for you to know how to plan your annual calendar and when you will pitch to which markets. You then are able to take the time needed to craft that perfect pitch, knowing that you are reaching out at the exact perfect time for that wholesale account. No one ever said that getting into retail is quick. And the more that you realize it can take a full year into getting to get into some of your dream accounts, the better positioned you will be to plan project, and allocate funds required for anticipating that slow build. The frustrating thing about category reviews can be the timing. There's no denying that. 
let's say you pitch your caramel sauce in April and the store responds saying, sorry, we're not reviewing your category until September. Or sorry, we just reviewed your category last month in March. Reach back out in August or reach back out next year, right? You might, you might hear that. That can feel so disheartening. But let me tell you this. That buyer, if that buyer wants your product badly enough, they will make an exception to their category review schedule. I have had retail-ready students who were told that their category isn't up for review for another six more months, and yet they got that opening purchase order a month later. I've had clients get into Whole Foods without mention of a category review schedule just because they had the right product in front of the right buyer at the right time. I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, that is for sure, but it does happen, and that is great news. So let's take a moment to pause since we're on a positive note. I'll be right back after this brief word from my sponsor. Instead of having a sponsor for today's episode, I want to give you a freebie, my retail roadmap. This roadmap is essential for anyone launching or growing a packaged food product, as it clearly outlines the difference between creating a product line that flies off the retail shelf versus one that just sits there. Find my free retail roadmap linked in today's show notes. You are going to love it. Okay, we're back. So those are the two big reasons why the start of your retail relationship is slow. Buyers often evaluate products based on their category review schedule, and then they discontinue the slowest selling product in the category to make room for your brand. Both of these things take time, often spanning months. From there, that buyer knows who they're discontinuing, right? And they continue moving forward with bringing you in, all the while doing their other daily duties of managing ordering and receiving, managing staff, overseeing merchandising, coordinating promotions, traveling to trade shows, meeting with new brands, and on and on and on. Buyers are busy, They're often overworked and underpaid and pulled in many different directions. But I mean, right, who isn't in the food industry? But that just means that you are not always their number one priority. You may want things to be moving forward quickly, week in and week out with that particular wholesale account, but you are very very rarely the number one thing that they have on their mind. So the next step for that buyer is to create a planogram or schematic that outlines how the section will be re-merchandised to accommodate your product. If you have a wacky bottle or jar or box or, you know, physical packaging that doesn't really physically fit in with other products in your category, that makes it all the more challenging to slot you in and requires even more remerchandising of a section. The buyer plots this all out and decides where you're going to go on the shelf ahead of time. Next, that buyer needs to get you set up in their point of sale, 
in their cash register and in their inventory management system. It's often a corporate office and a corporate accounting team that needs to be pulled in here, setting you up as a new vendor. This is why you need to have all of that information available to a buyer from the very start. Your UPCs, your case size, your cost, your item codes, your payment terms, and on and on. So this manual entry into their systems is seamless. Then the buyer might need budget approval to place new orders and bring on new inventory. Remember that buyer is managing cash flow just like you are, and they can't be sitting on too much inventory and depending on the store operations, might need purchasing approval before being able to write that first order. Then the buyer needs to figure out the timeline for actually placing that first order. When will they receive your first delivery so it perfectly aligns with that open shelf space? And when do they have the time in their schedule to print out shelf tags, to enter you into inventory, to re-merchandise your shelf, to create shelf talkers or promotional materials, to schedule you for a demo or staff education, and to coordinate all of these moving parts around bringing in your brand. When are they going to communicate about your new product to their staff? How are they going to train them on the operations of your product? Say, for example, you make gluten-free muffins that arrive frozen and the grocery stockers need to pull six muffin tins out at a time, date them with a seven-day shelf life, and slack them into the fridge. How and when is the buyer going to train their staff on this? It's not a big deal, but it's definitely something that takes time. Maybe printed material, printed training guides and checklists needs to be remade internally. And this can all impact when they bring in your product and it can extend the time it takes to do so. There's also the possibility of other factors that frankly you have no control over, that that buyer already has a long list of products that they're bringing in and you're at the bottom. Yes, they have every intention of placing an order with you, but they've got to work through a bunch of other products first. Or maybe that buyer is going on maternity leave and isn't bringing in new products for six months while she's away and then catches back up upon her return. Or maybe that store has a deal with a competing hot dog brand where they have promised to carry only one line of hot dogs for the summer season. You don't know that. Or maybe it's just the fourth quarter and that buyer is up to their eyeballs in candy canes and turkeys and they aren't even thinking about bringing in new products until January. There are so So many factors that are beyond your control. So what can you do with this information? What can you control knowing that there are so many moving parts to bringing your product in? I'll tell you, you can have the best, most organized buyer pitch that they've heard in a long time. You can ensure that you have all of the information necessary compiled in one clean, articulate cell sheet for them to place that opening order. 
You can have a strategy in place for following up over those four, six, or eight months so that you stay top of mind with that buyer without verging on the edge of being annoying or high maintenance. You can make them an opening order promotion, making them an opening order offer that is so juicy that they're inclined to bring you in before that category review rolls around. You can craft a brand that is so enticing, that is so successful in your category, that is so desirable that that buyer can't resist. This is all in your control. All right, my friends, that is it. I hope today's episode helped you understand why it takes so long for that buyer to bring you in and that it helps ease your nerves a bit when it's been several weeks and you haven't heard anything back after getting that initial positive buyer response. From here, I want to continue the conversation in our Facebook group. Let's talk about what's working and what's not working with getting on those shelves. I have so many ideas on how to cut down on this back and forth with the buyer and how to shorten this lag time, and I would be happy to keep on chatting about this stuff. Find the Facebook group at foodbizwiz.com or in the show notes here. Thank you, as always, for listening, and I hope you join me again next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Wiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.